What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turf Talk. I am here with a very special guest. He is filling in for my man, Dylan Davis. Dylan actually is at the game tonight at the link. Uh, but I am very happy to have my special guest, Vance Crew, um, from Heat Ratio Sports. You guys may know him from the Flyer and Ice uh, podcast over on Heat Ratio Sports. Um, Vance, welcome to the show, my man. Um, I do want to give you a quick opportunity before we dive into everything, before I dive into my my sponsors here. Um, if you just want to let everybody know what you got going on right now, where they can find you on Twitter, uh, make sure everybody's plugged into what you got going on. Yes, sir. So my name is Vance Crew again. Uh, thank you for the introduction, Scotty. Um, I am one fourth of the uh, Flyer and Ice podcast. You can find us at Flyer and Ice pod on Twitter. You can also find me on Twitter at crew underscore love zero. And we got Jason Voorhees checking in with the Flyer and Ice Pod love. Yes. Uh, thank you for that, Jason. Thank you for checking in. Jason said he loves man. Hey, my man. I love my man. Man. <laughs> my man. So I, I am very happy to have him on here. You, Jason. <laughs> Jay, I love Jason too. Jason is awesome. Really um, and and guys, keep an eye out next week. I will be having Vance. I, I just said it. I love Vance. I'm gonna be having him on my uh Scotty Talks NBA show next week. So we will be chatting it up about the Sixers. But tonight, we do got business to get to. Um, we will go through Colts Ravens recap for Monday Night Football. Very entertaining game. Carson Wentz, Lamar Jackson both showed out. Um, we'll get into a surprises and disappointments from week five. Quick overview of week five. Um, and then we'll dive directly into Bucks and Eagles for the most of this show. Um, before that, I do got to shout out my sponsor, Man Manscaped here. DSM Media is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DSM at manscaped.com. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And did I mention the wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DSM at Manscaped. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using DSM. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will certainly thank you. And with that being said, guys, let's definitely get into this this night full of football full of nfl before we do that i do just want to shout out um my buddy phil stifle beard of knowledge on twitter is doing a raffle um once we get to a certain mark on our youtube subscribers he will be raffling off a lane johnson jersey um so definitely keep an eye on that and if you're if you're not subscribed to youtube yet make sure to subscribe to dsm media on the youtube channel that will get you right into the raffle maybe you can win a lane johnson jersey um Vance, let's let's dive right in here, man. Um, uh, we are we got a little bit of a limited time. We started a little bit late here. Um, uh, but 
let's dive into this uh, Colts and Ravens matchup on Monday Night Football. I was I was heavily entertained. Um, I was actually surprised, you know, by Carson Wentz performance, which I, I know we will get into that a little bit. But, you know, it, it's funny how when you really look at Carson Wentz numbers so far this season, they're actually pretty good, you know, and, and, and he's not turning the ball over that much, uh, especially not compared to last season. And um, it's, it's funny because the narrative has been kind of around Carson Wentz struggling this season or continuing his struggle from last season which on the health side, yes, he, he's been a little beat up, um, actually hasn't missed too much time for the Colts. Um, what are your initial thoughts uh, just on the Colts performance? We'll, we'll start with the Colts here. Yeah, so I do think Carson has played relatively well when you consider the fact that he doesn't have T.Y. Hilton right now. It's clear that they miss him at this point, right? And also, you know, with the Colts, I think that defense may have taken a little bit of a step back. They're just not as stout. Yeah you know, as they were last year. So, you know, as far as their problems, I think Carson Wentz is way down on the list. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, they're missing a guy like T.Y. Hilton to help them stretch that field. Um, Michael Pittman has grown a lot in the last year. He's performing really well, but they need that guy to stretch the field. And yeah. Pascal and, you know, Paris Campbell, they're nice receivers, but, you know, they're not stretching the field the way that they need to stretch the field. But the defense is really what has let them down, in my opinion. Yeah, and you you saw that on Monday night as well. Um, they started out really strong. They uh, had control of the game, and uh, it's it's like the wheels just fell off of that defense towards the end of the game. And that's when you started seeing Lamar Jackson really go off in that game, right? Um, they actually kept Lamar Jackson contained for the most part in the run game, which he had sixty two yards rushing, which that's a pretty modest game for him in the rushing department. But this guy shredded that defense in the air. Um, you're talking about this. I'm, I, I didn't look this up before the show, but I have a feeling this was his best passing game of his career. It was. It, it had to have been. I mean, you're talking about 442 yards, only six incompletions, which is huge, and four, four passing touchdowns in that game. Lamar Jackson, I mean, you know, when I'm looking at my takeaways here, he has gotten a lot better in the passing game. And that's something that you and don't get me wrong. He still misses throws here and there. Um, he had one that he was really upset with, but you're looking at six incompletions, right? Um, of, you know, maybe one or two, three bad throws. So when I'm looking at Lamar Jackson, the passer, he's looking a lot better. What is the Ravens ceiling? If this guy can continue this type of play. It's tough to say, man, because I think Lamar is really a special player. And I think he's grown a lot in these last few years. Um, you take a look at that game in particular, you know, he pretty much was down to Hollywood Brown and yeah. Mark Andrews. Um, Watkins, I believe, was out after the second quarter. And then coming into the season, you know, they lost all three running backs and they're pretty much doing running back by committee right now, yeah. including Lamar. So, you know, he's just a, he, he's a special talent, man. He, he really is a special talent. And I think it's really time that I know he's already won an MVP, but I still see a lot of Lamar disrespect and I don't really get it. Um you know, it's time to put some respect on his name, man. Like, yeah. not too many quarterbacks could do what he did the other night. You know, put some respect on that man's name. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm not going to hide from it. I, I was one of those people that, you know, really questioned Lamar Jackson as a passer. And I still have my question marks. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, throw throw my whole analysis away from previous years for, you know, five games into the season. But, he looks considerably better. I mean, he's in the top five of passing yards in the league. 
Um, his completion percentage is is you know above average in the league right now. Um, and you know he's 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 doing what he needs to through the air. He's doing whatever he needs to for his team. I think he's fifth. If you went by teams, him alone, he's fifth in all all purpose yards this season. Um, he's number one as far as players, obviously, but just in the team scale, he's better than probably 25 teams in the NFL as far as, far as offensive all-purpose yards. Um, so just talking about takeaways for me, obviously I said Lamar Jackson's passing a lot better. Um, Wentz is playing really well despite the health concerns, beat up all line. What I would also say about this performance by the Colts, um, they're very much still alive in the AFC South, right? The Titans have not shown me nearly enough uh, in, in what they've done so far this season to make me think that they have, you know, locked up the AFC South. Now, coming into the season, I was pretty high on the Titans. Their defense has been really, really disappointing. Some people did see that coming. I, I wasn't one of them. Um, the Colts are still very much alive in this division. How do you feel, even though with the Rockies start, what, how do you feel about the Colts as far as competing, trying to get in the playoffs still? So I think they have a chance, Scotty, but as they say in baseball, it's getting late early, right? You're one and four. <laughs> you know, you really can't afford to go one and five at this point. I'm not sure who yeah. their next opponent is, but, you know, if they're going to turn it around, they need to start to turn it around now because you don't want to get too far behind. I mean, the Titans defense, as you said, it's not good, but when they get Julio Jones and uh, what's my man's name, the other receiver? AJ Brown. <laughs> yeah, when they get AJ Brown back, I mean, they could literally, they could step, step on the gas. So, you know, the Colts have to do something, man. They have to try to keep it close, you know, in, in the meantime and start to get some wins under their belt. Because, it's like I said, it's getting late early. You can't go one and five. No, and, and I agree. That's actually something I want to check right now while we're on the topic here. Um, just kind of seeing who the Colts have coming up next. So it looks like they got the Texans up next. So that's obviously a good chance for them right. to kind of get things turned around here. Um, then they actually take on the 49ers, which with that defense, that's going to be pretty tough for them. Um, that's a Sunday night football. And then they got the Titans. So if they can straddle along, you know, and get obviously you got to beat the the Texans. Um, if you can beat the 49ers, I mean, that's a that's a great that, that would be a great win um, when you're about to go up against the Titans. And then obviously you can get right back in the division if you beat the Titans on October 31st. After that, they got the Jets, Jags, uh, and then the Bills, which good luck. But <laughs> they do have a stretch here where they could get back into it if they're if they're a really competent fo football team here. Yeah, they pretty much painted themselves in the corner at this point, right? Like, right. You know, you need to come out of that. You know, three and zero or two and three. At, yeah. at, I mean, two and two and one at worst. Yeah. But you can't you can't fall that much farther behind than you are right now. Yeah, totally agree. So. We'll kind of leave it at that. Um, the, the one thing I will say about the Ravens as well before we, uh, you know, kind of move on, um, I, I, I do believe, you know, especially if they can get healthy or somewhat healthy, um, if, you know, Hollywood Brown can continue to play at this level, which he's, he's been playing really well. Uh, Mark Andrews had a monster game on Monday night as well. Um, they're going to get guys like Rashad Bateman back in the mix, a rookie wide receiver that I'm actually pretty high on. I was pretty high on coming into the season. Um, so he'll he'll start to get some of these weapons back. Now the running back situation isn't going to change too much. A lot of those those injuries were season ending uh, for the most part, but I do believe that the Ravens can be a legit contender this year. Um, and in previous seasons, I know they had the record to show for it, but I definitely didn't believe in them. 
But the way they're kind of rallying, showing resilience, the way Lamar Jackson is holding up and showing resilience at late in games, I have a solid feeling that they can really be in the in the thick of it in the AFC this year. I agree, Scotty. And you brought up a key name too, a name that I forgot to mention earlier, Rashad Bateman. Um, I as well am very high on Rashad Bateman from out of the University of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be a really, really good wide receiver in the league. And I think he's going to be the perfect complement to Watkins and Hollywood Brown. So it's something to keep an eye on for you guys going forward. When he comes back, I think he's going to make some noise. Yeah, totally agree with that. So definitely, you know, it, coming out of that game, the, the only concern I would look at are, are both defenses, honestly. Um, I, I, if I'm the Ravens, I definitely don't want Carson Wentz shredding me for 402 yards. And if I'm the Colts, I don't want Lamar Jackson shredding me for, for over 400 passing yards either. Um, so those would be the concerns. But overall, these teams, they can still, uh, especially the Ravens, they still have a chance in, in this whole the whole thing this season. Um, and then the Colts, they still have a chance to get back into that division. Um, so what we'll get into next, we'll keep it moving. Definitely want to, you know, just briefly recap the se- uh, week five of the NFL season here. Let's start with disappointments from week five. Um, and, you know, if you got one, if you got two, whatever the case may be, um, what was a disappointment that you kind of pulled from week five this year or this week? I'm going to say the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Like we saw their defense come in here and the Eagles pretty much ran up and down the field on them, you know, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And it. It just continued and they didn't look like I mean, they just didn't look like the same team. They they, they don't. They don't look as hungry. Um, you know, they don't look as well put together. You know, there's there's they're struggling in a lot of facets of the game. You know, so to me, they're you know, that was a statement game for Buffalo. And that yeah. was a big game for Kansas City. And I think Buffalo kind of, you know, made their made their point like like we're here this year and we're coming to take the AFC. And I just didn't see. I didn't see the response from Kansas City that I thought I would see. So that was disappointing to me. Yeah, no. And and I'm actually right there with you with Kansas City. Um, and even after, you know, the Eagles outing, it's not like that was like an overly impressive win by them. Uh, obviously, it was in Philadelphia. So you give them a little bit of, of leisure there. But I, you know, as, as far as their defense, I, I don't see how it can get fixed. Like, I, it, it's got so many issues. Right. Like the, the passing, the passing defense is obviously just getting, they're getting torched right now, even by Jalen Hurts. Like he threw for over 300 yards against them. Um, but then obviously when you're running into the top tier of the AFC, you're going to get ran through um, if, if you're this Kansas City defense. And when you look at them going into a playoff scenario, which I, I do think they'll make the playoffs, obviously, even though the AFC West looks a lot better um, all around. Um, that defense against teams like the Chargers, teams like the Ravens, even teams like the Browns, Bills, um, even I, I mean, even watching it, I'm worried about them against a team like the Raiders, right? Like Derek Carr has been shredding defenses this year. So they, they've got to find a solution to that. They also just lost Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for a little while on the offensive end. So they got to, you know, kind of fill that void with the running game. And, you know, one thing I want to ask you about this Bills-Chiefs game, you know, obviously the Bills had an incredible showing, and we're seeing this kind of trend of all the quarterbacks that were suffering against Patrick Mahomes, they're kind of taking that next step and in, in putting him – they're putting him in the rearview mirror. Um, you talk about Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, um, and then just recently Josh Allen. Um, so these, these are, this is all their first times beating Patrick Mahomes. 
And it's like it's like this, uh, you know, this uh, what, what do they call it in uh, sociology? It's like a passage, a rite of passage, right? right. Yeah, in the, in the NFL. So um, that's that's what I'm looking at with this team and Patrick Mahomes. What I want to ask you is with that Bills and Chiefs scenario, did the Bills defense, have they just really improved for them to hold Kansas City to 20 points? Or do you think that that was just an all around Kansas City meltdown? No, I think it's been a trend for Buffalo this year. I think they've given up like a league low, like 12 points a game or something like that. I think Buffalo has been that good. I think part of it partially because they get out ahead of teams and, you know, they're able to force them into into mistakes. But no, I think their defense is that good. They've got Tredavious White, um, you know, Edmonds, the linebacker is really good. They've got a nice defensive front with Ed Oliver and a few other guys. I think that they're a really well put together team on both sides of the ball. And I think that they're they're a real threat to come out of the AFC this year. I think they're a huge threat to Kansas City. The way Kansas City's playing right now, I'm not even sure if they're going to be in the AFC championship game. But that Buffalo Bills team is for real on all sides of the ball. Because we can sit here and talk, you know, about the Titans defense, but who in Kansas City is going to stop Derrick Henry, you know, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones on the outside, and Ryan Tannehill with both of those guys back? Even somebody as simple as the Titans, right? Like, why would I believe that Kansas City's defense can stop them if they can't stop the Eagles? Right. <laughs> that being said, Scotty, like I do believe that, you know, come trade that line. They'll make a move for a corner or, yeah. or something else to help get, you know, get them back in the right direction. But I think right now, I think they're reeling, man. Like they're really, they're really struggling. You know, and it's not they're they're struggling. They struggled a lot offensively too the other night. I was surprised. Yeah. By that, I, I expected the defense to struggle after what I saw against the Eagles. But if you told me that going into that game that Kansas City would only put up twenty points, now I thought coming into that game that Buffalo just hadn't played any teams any offenses as good as Kansas City. Yeah. You know, clearly that's not the case. Buffalo's defense has been that good. Yeah. No. And and uh, Jason mentioned it up here. Two shutouts, so I, I know for sure they shut out the uh, Texans, and then they just ran the score up on on the Washington football team a few weeks ago. The, from the two games that I remember, right. obviously they had that that clunker against the Steelers week one. I attribute that to you know just off coming out of the off season, uh, you know a little rusty. Um, I do want to just shout out a couple of people checking in here. So we got Jeremy Horworth. Uh, what's up, Jeremy? Thank you for t- tuning in, my man. He's part of DSM crew there, so shout out to him. Uh, Jason Thomas always checking in with the Raiders. Uh, that's our that's our Raiders fan that, that uh, keeps his eyes on us. And then, of course, my man Adam Cease. What's up, Adam? Adam what's going on, Adam? Adam's ev- Adam's everywhere. He's like World Wide West, man. Adam is <laughs> everywhere, bro. He, he catches every show. I got to show some love to Adam. He's he's a dedicated viewer. So yeah, man. Um, shout out to all of you that for tuning in, especially uh, Jason, Adam, Jeremy, Jason. We got two Jasons actually checking in. I just streamed down there. Um, disappointment for me this week. Um, obviously, you know, the John Gruden thing, I'm not going to dive into it too much just because it, it's a rabbit hole and, and it, it's an, a whole converse, conversation for an entire show itself. Um, obviously, we know what, what came out about John Gruden is wrong. He was rightfully, he rightfully is not the Raiders head coach anymore. Um, but what I was really disappointed to, uh, with the Raiders in the response, right? You're coming out of a, a loss against the the Chargers on Monday Night Football, a double-digit loss where you can kind of take control of the division. And then all of this turmoil, you come out against the Bears, lose 20-9 to against the Bears led by a rookie quarterback. 
Um, and all of a sudden, you know, the Raiders hype, right? The Raiders hype that was kind of building with that 3-0 start is subsided once again. And it's like, it, it's always something that happens to the Raiders throughout the season where whether it's an injury to their court, to Derek Carr or an injury around, you know, on the defense, beat up defense. Um, now it's the head coach situation. So that was my disappointment. I'm not necessarily disappointed in the Raiders themselves. That's that's right. a tough situation to get through. I'm just disappointed that this is happening to Raiders fans again, you know, after a hot start and things are looking somewhat up and then boom, roller coaster ride goes straight back down the, the tube. Um, the other the other disappointment for me from week five was the Browns scoring 42 points and losing. <laughs> and, you know, part of that part of that is, uh, you know, part of that is my surprise, which is the Chargers are legit contenders this year. Right. Um, you're looking at Justin Herbert in his second season. He is looking in the top tier quarterbacks easily. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. He's at the top of the league. And almost every quarterback metric. Um, but as far as the Browns, you know, their their defense is kind of supposed to be their stronghold, um, especially that defensive line. They're supposed to terrorize. Um, I watched a game again of them against the Bears where they just destroyed Justin Fields and that offensive line. Um, they give up 40, they give up, they score 42 points, give up 47, and they're unable to get a, a W against a, you know, a, another quality AFC opponent. Um, we've already seen them blow a lead to the Chiefs uh, in a game that they controlled the entire time. Um, do you have any thoughts on either of these teams from the surprise side of the Chargers or the disappointment side of the Browns? Um, disappointed that the Browns gave. I thought the, I was at work at the time and I saw the score was 42-35 <laughs> um, Cleveland. And I'm like, OK, that game is over. And then I go to lunch and I'm like, wait a minute, they lost? How the hell did that happen? Um but as you mentioned earlier, man, like that Chargers team, Eckler, Allen, you know, Mike Williams. Justin Mike Hurt, Williams has arrived. He has well. arrived. <laughs> I mean, they're going to hang 40 on quite a few teams. Yeah. I mean, maybe we might look back at this at the end of the season and say, ah, you know what? They pretty much did that there. You know, Maybe it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And I'm with you there. I just I, – I would like to see the Browns get some more quality wins against those tough AFC opponents, which – They'll get plenty of chances against the Ravens the rest of the season. And I believe they have a tough matchup this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. I can't. Who do they play this weekend? Let me see here real quick. So the Brent, oh, they got the Cardinals. That's a tough matchup, too. Five and O Cardinals. <laughs> that's, a tough, that's a tough matchup too. I mean, we're talking about Kyler Murray's plan as well as anybody. Like we just talked about Justin Herbert. Kyler Murray is completing 75% of his passes. That's a ridiculous number. Yes. And he's got, I mean, you talk about a guy that has an embarrassment of riches at, you know, the skill positions. I mean, even the kid Rondell Moore, you know, from Purdue looks outstanding in that lineup. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, that's not, a gimme, that's not a gimme for Cleveland either. That's another game that might be, a 35-32 game or, you know, 40-35 yeah. game, the way that, the way that uh, Arizona's rolling right now. Yeah, no, no, you're you're exactly right. And Arizona is actually at the top of my power rankings currently. The, the impressive thing about Arizona, aside from Kyler Murray playing flawless football right now, he's playing at an MVP level. He's not doing – he's not making the dumb mistakes that he's made in the past. He's kind of grown – it seems like he's matured out of that. 
Um, but their defense has looked really good. They got a lot of playmakers on that defense. Um, so that's what's kind of excited for me about the, the Cardinals and what could prove to make them a legit contender. Uh, we got a question from Mentality here. Start Schultz or Ertz? So Dalton Schultz or Dalton Schultz or Zach Ertz? And the if Cowboys, you ask me, um, I'm probably going to go Ertz. And then the reason I say Ertz is because Goddard's out tonight. Um, I don't expect, you know, Stoll to get a ton of targets. Yeah. So, you know, I expect Ertz tonight to get at least five targets, I'm thinking, you know. Yeah. Against that defense. And he has a chance to do some damage, you know, underneath, I believe, tonight. Yeah. So. And and I would also, you know, just to kind of ride your coattail there, um, I also expect Ertz to be one of the more targeted presences uh, in the red zone as well, which we'll get into that. Um, with Goddard not there, Goddard is, you know, I, <laughs> it's like I'm already digging into the Eagles talk. Goddard, I don't understand why he isn't targeted uh, nearly enough, but we'll we'll get into that in a little bit here. Um, Jason says, I would say Ertz, but I don't follow him, so just shooting from him. Yeah, Schultz, Dalton Schultz has had an incredible season for the Cowboys yeah. so far. Um, you just have to wonder when that fire is going to go out. Obviously, I think he'll come back down to earth after a while once teams start to catch on that he's actually good. Um, but they do play the Patriots this week, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Patriots have a decent defense. Um, so I would I would definitely go Ertz in this situation just with Goddard out this week. Um, other surprises, uh, just to kind of wrap up the week five recap there. Um, my other surprise was literally the Eagles uh, with that, that comeback against Carolina on the road. Um, what I was more surprised about, one, how bad Sam Darnold looked. Uh, he's, he's played really well this season. And then the last two weeks, he's been turning the ball over like crazy. Um, so I definitely hope that he can cut that out. I, I actually am rooting for Sam Darnold in Carolina. Um, Carolina is a, a team that I actually really like, especially when they have CMC, obviously. Their defense is real beat up. Um, any any takeaways you had from that Carolina Eagles matchup, just briefly? Yeah, you know, so the one thing that's interesting that I noticed is, you know, Jalen Hurts didn't have a particularly good first half. However, he did what leaders do. He rallied the troops in the second half. He made plays, and he got it done along with the defense, you know, stepping up. Um, but one thing I noticed, man, I didn't hear as much chatter about how bad Sam Darnold was. Yeah. There's much chatter. And, you know, pretty much all year we've had people watching Jalen Hurts and pretty much hanging on to every pass that he throws. Oh, it was too low. It was too high. Or he missed the guy. He did this. He did that. Sam Darnold was – he was pretty bad. Yeah. He was pretty bad on – he was pretty bad on Sunday. Yeah. But I didn't hear the same kind of, you know – Talk about same Sam Darnold that you do with Jalen Hurts. You know, it's I found, like, that, found that to be interesting. It's interesting, man. And it's it's like everybody's got the microscope on Jalen Hurts, even outside of Philly. Obviously, we are irrational at times. We are, uh, you know, very nitpicky at times uh, in Philadelphia as fans. But even the national media just have their eyes all over Jalen Hurts. And I don't know if it's like his persona, like the fact that – because, you know, the thing about Jalen Hurts is that – and we may as well get into the game tonight because we are, we're done with the week five recap here. Um, but the thing about Jalen Hurts is that persona, that confidence that he, he, you know, kind of just distributes out of himself, that self-confidence. He could be a superstar if he can have the play to match it. Like, he is built like a superstar. He looks like a superstar. His persona is of a superstar. He just needs the play to go with it. 
And the crazy part about Jalen Hurts right now is that he's playing pretty well. Right. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. and this is with, you know, um, just, just to talk about Sirianni a, a bit here. Sirianni has looked very suspect. He's a first-year head coach, first-year play caller, full-time. Um, but he's looked very suspect, and Jalen Hurts has kind of been able to persevere somewhat through that, um, that lack of run game, those that lack of discipline. Um, but with that being said, let's let's dive right into this Eagles Bucks preview here. Um, what I want to start, you know, just takeaways this season. Uh, we mentioned the Carolina game uh, for the Eagles, but overall, Jalen Hurts this season. What are your thoughts? What are your takeaways so far? To be honest, man, like he, people might not agree with this, but he's kind of exceeded, you know, my expectations. To be to be honest, I know that the team is two and three, but. I mean, you see it with this guy. You see the leadership. Um, he has a lot of intangibles. You know, yeah. you see the leadership. You know, guys seem to follow him. Um, his ability to escape the pocket, you know, and make a play with his legs, you know, to move the chains. Um, yeah, I think he. I think he's growing little by little, and I don't really think his coach has done him any favors. Yeah. Um, he hasn't particularly helped him. Like, you know, you look at the game one that they started out playing against Atlanta, and – they're mixing in the RPOs along with empty sets and all these other things. And as the season goes on, they go with more RPOs. And personally, you know, from my eye, I don't know this to be a fact, but he's played better when they don't, you know, run the RPO. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing about Jalen Hurts is that I can say about him beyond the shadow of a doubt, unlike the other guy or point guard in Philadelphia, <laughs> whatever this guy's physical limitations are, He's going to outwork everybody else and he's going to maximize his potential. How yeah. good can he be? I'm not exactly sure how what, what that means or how good can he be, but I can tell you, whatever his ceiling is, he's going to reach it. Yeah. And you know, you look at guys, you know, we're we're so enamored with guys' arm strength, but if you look at the league and the history of the league, there have been guys that don't have great arms that, you know, are accurate passers, like Drew Brees. You know, I'm not comparing him to Drew Brees in any way, but there have been other guys that don't have the strongest arm that, you know, can make the right reads and the right throws. Yeah. And that's really what I think the next step is for Jalen Hurts. I think it's about taking what he has and developing that, not trying to make him somebody that he's not. That he's not. Yes. Yeah. And that, that is uh, that, that's so uh, well put for the, you know, just first of all here, um, it, it's very well said um, because that's my, my true belief, you know, as we go through this season, my biggest worry is that we're not even going to get a chance to see what Jalen Hurts can really be due to incompetent coaching. I'm, that, with that being said, that doesn't mean that I'm out on Nick Sirianni at all. It's five games into the season. He can very well pick up the slack here and, and start to get it together. That's what a full regular season is for. Um, he's a first-year head coach, you know, for God's sake. Um, but with that being said, that is my biggest worry after seeing these first five games is not that Jalen Hurts necessarily isn't the guy. Um, I think, you know, from what I've seen so far, I'm not calling him the guy, but if the offense is run correctly, if it's built around him, if we use these draft picks um, in this next offseason, if we use that cap space to kind of build up that defense, build that offense, you know, maybe get some younger offensive linemen as well. Um he could be the guy he, he's shown a lot of signs that he can. And I know everybody, you know, everybody gets caught up when, when especially when they're talking about Jalen hurts, where 
you know, that's great and all with the intangibles. That's great that he has the confidence, but can he play football? And everybody gets so caught up in that. But on the other side, the reason that Eagles fans are so enamored with Jalen Hurts is because the intangibles that Jalen Hurts has, our last quarterback simply lacked. Right. And it's what you talked about there. It's leadership, getting guys to follow behind you. It, you know, there were so many awkward, you know, awkward points during games where even when we would score a touchdown, it's like Carson Wentz, you know, runs up the field and it's just not – it just didn't look genuine, right? Like, whereas you see Jalen Hurts out here with these guys, he's comfortable, they're comfortable, they're dancing, they're celebrating, they're young guys. Um, and it just seems like they're more connected. Right. And that is something that matters. You know, that's not to be subsided. I think that is something that matters. Um, but, you know, my stance with Jalen Hurts is the ruling is still out. We're, we're going to find out, right? And, well, I, I'm hopeful that we'll find out. Um, but we got to give this guy seven, uh, 17, 16 games this season to see what he's got. And it's as simple as that. And I can even see it, you know, even if, there's some people that aren't sold in the organization after this season, even if there's, you know, the fan base isn't sold. I could see this lingering into next season just because of the quarterback talent that's available in the draft. It's very much lacking to a sense. So um, as far as, you know, superstar quarterbacks around the league, if you're not trading for a superstar quarterback, why not just keep Jalen Hurts and let him develop, right. see what he's got, use those resources elsewhere especially at the, the pace and the rate and the, the the talent that he is showing this season so far. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, man. And that's what, and that's what I've been preaching pretty much. Um, you know, there's some guys, you know, Malik Willis looks good. You know, Carson Strong from Nevada looks good. Matt Carl looks good, but here's the thing. Like this guy is on pace to put up, you know, 35 to 3,800 yards passing, 500 to 600 yards rushing, probably seven rushing touchdowns and complete 65% of his passes. Now, Let's take away the name Jalen Hurts. Let's play a little game, right? <laughs> take away the name Jalen Hurts. And if you saw those numbers, you know, you didn't see him playing. You just saw those numbers. Most people would take that. Yeah. Right? Most people would take that. But I think we have to remember we have a, a, a quarterback that's nine games into his professional career. We have a head coach that's five games into his professional career after tonight. You got to give these guys a chance, you know, and, and let them develop. And at least let this whole thing play out. You know, I don't think that there's any way that you can, you know, kick Jalen Hurts to the curb if he completes 65% of his passes or throws for 3,800 to 4,000 yards or runs for 600. That kind of production doesn't just fall, grow on trees. Yeah. You know, I understand some of that might do, be due to the incompetence of coaching, them passing too much, not running the football, but those are still pretty damn good numbers. Like, yeah. I don't care how many throws he, he misses. If you look at the numbers and you take the name away, those are pretty good numbers. And most people would take that. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, to your point, that's kind of what's getting misconstrued over this, you know, over these last five weeks is, you know, Jalen, everybody's calling it garbage time. Everybody's calling it this and that. But if you look at the losses, the Eagles, it, it's it's something that we're going to get into now because I'm going to move on to Nick Sirianni. But the, the penalties, I mean, if, if you look at what the defense did against the teams like the Cowboys and the Chiefs giving up 40-plus points, what do you want this guy to do? Obviously, the Cowboys game, that was a clunker. You know, he had the pick six. He had two interceptions in that game. That wasn't a great game. But when you look 
outside of that Cowboys game, he has played pretty well. He's been pretty resilient. He's kept the Eagles in the game for the most part um, in the in the other four games. The other thing that I was looking at, and you know, as we get into Sirianni here, this is kind of what I lead it with. Sirianni has kind of, and, and I'm not saying that he beat Arthur Smith and that he beat Matt Rule, mm-hmm. but you saw those two young uh, head coaches struggle as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. You saw Matt Rule, his team struggled with penalties just as much as the Eagles did on Sunday, and it kind of kill, killed them as well. Um, week one, you saw an Arthur Smith-led team that didn't really look like they knew what they were doing. Right. Um, so, you know, you look at the other three games, you're looking at, Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, and then um, oh my goodness, it's blank. Mike McCarthy, which everybody's not high on Mike McCarthy, but he won a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers, right? Like he has experience. He has Kellen Moore in that in that offensive coordinator position who has been calling plays really well. In in those games, it just felt like they were simply outcoached. You know, it, it, just from a vague standpoint, it felt like they were simply outcoached. Um, whether that's on the defensive end, but the offense has looked very inconsistent as well, just as far as game planning and play calling. Um, what are your thoughts on Sirianni so far? Is there any part of you that feels like he could maybe be a one and done in Philadelphia? Is there any part of you that feels that way? Or are you kind of just in the wait and see field? I'm more so in the wait and see field. I don't. I definitely don't see him as a one and done. You know, although we're only what four or five games into the season, yeah. um, I think I think it's been somewhat uneven. I would say, um, more so as a play caller than as a head coach, because the one compliment that I can play pay him is that you know outside of the Dallas game, the team has pretty much showed up and played hard. Yeah, pretty much every game. So I'll give them that as a head coach. Um, I guess my issues with him are more with the offense. Yeah, and. The play calling, you know, one th- one of the things that I want to put out there, Scotty, and I asked this question on Twitter, is we've seen three coaches now. We've seen Chip Kelly came in with the RPO. We've seen Doug Peterson, you know, run the RPO. Yeah. Now we're seeing Nick Sirianni come here, who had no prior history of running the RPO in anywhere that he's been. And now the Eagles start out against Atlanta. The RPO is part of the offense, but it's not – 70 to 80 percent it's part of the offense yeah you get to san francisco and the offense is like all rpo yeah. <laughs> same with dallas it's like all rpo is this i'm trying to figure out how to be fair to nick sirianni because i'm wondering how much of this is an organizational philosophy about running this rpo as opposed to what nick sirianni really wants to do and that's a question that i don't know if we'll ever have the answer to but it sure seems like to me that you take a coach that comes in that's never run the RPO and all of, all of a sudden he's running at 70 to 80 percent of the time. Yeah. Where is that direction coming from? Yeah, you 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 have to wonder. And, you know, this stems back from you mentioned Chip Kelly, you mentioned Doug. It stems back specifically in my mind to the reports that came out about, you know, that that week in Buffalo uh, when, when the Eagles got that W against Buffalo in what, 2019, I, I think it was. Um, They got a W in Green Bay. I believe that was also in 2019. And it's because they ran the ball down those teams' throats with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. And shortly after that, maybe it was after the season even, that the reports came out that, you know, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman go to Doug and say, hey, we need to pass the football. Right? And we don't want to be this running team. And, you know, 
it, it just stems into this season. You know, the, the amount of times that they ran the football, I think it was against Dallas, was unbelievable. In, in, like, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before, honestly. Like, to see a team, especially with a running back, the quality of Miles Sanders, even the whole running back room, right? We can look past Miles Sanders even when we're talking about these running backs because Miles Sanders at times has looked like he's not finding the hole very correctly, and that could be just from a lack of touches in reality. Um, but even Kenneth Gainwell, even Boston Scott, we have seen get off in previous seasons. Boston Scott hasn't been used at all, which that is probably stemming from Gainwell. I'm, I'm assuming in the passing game how effective he's been. But why is he refusing to run the ball? It has to be something that's coming from up top, right? Man, I hate I hate to say it, but it kind of it kind of feels like it, man. Like if you go back and you look at game one, you know, Miles Harris, Sanders carries the ball 15 times for 74 yards. Now, I get it that it's the Falcons, but I believe the Eagles ran the ball 26 times or 30 times that game. Yeah. You know, game two, less. Game three, he's down to like four or two, two or four carries. You know, the next game, he's down to two carries. And it's like, where is this coming from? It was yeah. working when you were doing it. Yeah. Why are you going away from what was working? And it doesn't doesn't really make a lot of sense. So, you know, with that being said, you know, maybe that was the reason why I was hired. You know, it was rumored that, you know, a lot of coaches might not want to come here because, yeah. you know, the owner and the general manager want to have more say than what they what they should. And maybe that's why you end up with a guy like Sirianni. But, you know, I truly would like to see what he could do as a play caller because I honestly don't believe that he's really calling the shots when it comes to the type of offense that they're running. I think that that's, that's something coming from directly above him. I do, I do agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I'm, I don't want to get too much into the organizational rabbit hole that is Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, but um, I, I definitely wholeheartedly agree with you. My biggest excitement for Nick Sirianni was there was two things that I was excited about coming into this season. And one was simplifying everything you know, getting the ball to your best players. We haven't seen that much, right? We saw it the last two weeks. They are getting the ball to Devontae Smith. I do love that. Guys like Goddard, I, I really want to see more involved. Even Zach Ertz has looked good when he has the ball and when he's targeted. we got to get these guys more, the ball in their hands more if we're passing this much. I don't understand it. Uh, Quez Watkins is another guy that I want to see get the ball more. He's, you know, obviously he's the, the fastest receiver on the team, but he's been – the biggest play, biggest big play threat of the team as well. And I'm just waiting for him to break free for one of those long touchdowns finally. Um, but then the other thing with Nick Sirianni was just the way that the Colts ran the ball last year and that running back, that three-headed rotation they had in the Colts offense last year that made them so successful. It's it's controlling time of possession. There's there is so much that the run game feeds into as far as you know, physicality. We heard that from Brandon Staley, the head coach of the LA Chargers. He he strictly believes in run in the run game just for physicality and that element. That's one part of it. Time of possession, when you're trying to keep the ball out of guys like Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott's hands, that's another part of it. Giving your defense some time to rest, right? Like by running the clock out a little bit, that's a part of it. There, there's so many elements. And then when you talk about Miles Sanders getting the ball into your best player's hands, there's a point, and you know, now it's gotten to the point where I'm questioning Miles Sanders myself just because, like, what's going on? But there was a point where I believed that he was the best skill player in the offense, on the team, right? And there's still part of me that does believe that and that he's not being used correctly. 
Um, before we get into the keys to victory here, Vance, I do want to just kind of uh, go through the comments here and get get our guys updated. Um, so we had Adam Cease checking in. I think if the Eagles run the ball tonight more, even if it's a couple yards here and there, it will take pressure off of Hurts, set up the play action. Totally agree with that. I get that the Bucs, and, you know, we'll get into this in a little while. I get that the Bucs have, you know, one of the worst, if not the worst, passing defense in the NFL. That doesn't mean that you go out there and just have zero run attempts. you got to keep the defense honest because if they pin their ears back, they're going to give Jalen Hurts a really tough time. Um, let me see here. So we have a couple other guys checking in. Let me see here. Okay, so we had – Harry Zabaleta. I'm sorry if I said that last name wrong, Harry. Thanks for checking in. Do you think the Cardinals are overrated or underrated? <clears throat> we got to wait and see, I feel like. You know, they're, what, they're 5-0? and um, I can't say that they're overrated with them beating teams like the Rams, right? The Rams are who I thought was the best team coming into the, in, to the season. They were uh, my NFC pick for the Super Bowl. And uh, they came out and they handled the Rams. So I, I don't know if I can call them overrated, but I'm also not calling them underrated. They're 5-0. They're at the top of everybody's power rankings if they're not one or two or three um, in that list. Uh, so, guys, what are we expecting tonight? We will definitely get into that shortly. <laughs> we're about to get into keys of victory, key matchups we're looking at, and then we will get into the prediction segment. And then <laughs> big play slay. Yo, what up, big place? <laughs> uh, we had Adam. You think Jalen is wanting to run the RPO and Sirianni is listening to him? I, not, you know, because to your point earlier, Vance, in that Carolina game, there was a point where they decided to go away from the RPO a bit. Right. And that's where all the success for Jalen Hurts kicked in. He was making throws down the field, we were picking up yards. You saw that bomb to Quez Watkins. He was able to get open. You started seeing more um, involvement from Devontae Smith. Um, so I don't know. What do you what do you think about that, Vance? Do you think that Jalen Hurts may feel that he's more comfortable in that offense? I'm gonna say I'm I'm just gonna say no, to be honest. I'm gonna say no. I think that the RPO is a good thing to have in your offense, but you know, there has to be it has to be a it has to be capped. There has to be a minimum to it at some point, right? You can't yeah. use it. You can't use it every play. So, you know, I don't think that it's Jalen Hurts. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, and and I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you. One, if if Sirianni is giving him that type of power <laughs> to like pick which offense he wants to run, like that's your first mistake if you're Sirianni. Right. Uh, this is a rookie quarterback in reality that you know should should be getting told what plays to run here. Um, we got Jason Thomas checking back in. Um, Vance, much respect. Shoot me a link if you have a channel to follow. Uh, Vance is a part of Heat Ratio Sports. Um, you can also find Vance on Twitter at crew underscore love zero. So uh, definitely give him a follow on Twitter uh, if you have Instagram. And then uh, be sure, just uh, type in Heat Ratio Sports in YouTube. You should be able to find the channel. But if not, definitely, you know, hit us up. We'll, we'll get you the link to his channel as well. Make sure you can check out Vance's content because it's definitely good quality. Um, let me see here. Jason, thank do you think do you think they can get to Brady? So let's let's get into the keys of victory because we, we're getting a lot of questions regarding about it. Um, 
my first key to victory, speaking of, is to pressure Tom Brady and control their run game because that's something that we've seen the Eagles get decimated by this season is opposing run games. We talk about how we don't run the ball while the other teams are running the ball down our throats at at the same time. Um, Do you think that the Eagles can get pressure on Tom Brady tonight? Uh, Yeah, I think think they can. I think they can. I think you start out by trying to get pressure with that front four. But ultimately, you know, as the game goes on, you got to have to throw this kitchen sink at Tom Brady. You know, you're going to have to throw the kitchen sink at him. You're going to have to get him off of his spot. Because one of the things that we know about Brady is if you let him stand back there, He's going to pick you apart, you know, and the fact that the yeah. Eagles run the zone that they run, um, you know, it's it, Tom Brady has seen this a hundred. He, he's seen it a hundred times. Yeah. You don't get him off of his spot. If you don't blitz him and you don't get those legs moving. And when I'm talking about blitzing, I'm talking about a gap, like right up the middle and get in his face and get him moving left to right. He's going to, he's going to kill him. So yeah, the Eagles, the Eagles can get pressure on him. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that front four, does against that offensive line because I think that they can get pressure up the middle with Hargrave and Cox. Yeah. But, you know, ultimately as the game goes on, to get him off of his spot and to make him uncomfortable, you're going to have to get him moving. And you do that by sending the blitz. Yeah, no, and, and I, I totally agree with you um, on that on that aspect as well. And it's funny because you mentioned straight up the A-gap. One of my key matchups here tonight is uh, Javon Hargrave, who, by the way, we haven't even mentioned his name. We haven't talked about the defense much at all. He he should be in the running for defensive player of the year. I know, I know we're not winning a lot of games right now, but the level that this guy is playing at, and obviously he's right beside Fletcher Cox, maybe that partially has something to do with it. This guy's a freak if you just watch him play. Um, I am looking at him directly up against, uh, I believe it's Ryan Jensen. Um, apparently he is a center for the Buccaneers. Apparently he was beat up this week. Um, there's a lot of Buccaneers that are beat up this week. That's one thing the Eagles have in their favor, despite their own uh, injuries on their offensive line. But I'm looking at Hargrave up the middle, and he's got to he's got to definitely put the pressure on that entire offensive line, on that entire offense from that spot. Um, but I'll kind of digress to you here. What what is one of your key, uh, you know, just keys to victory for the Eagles tonight? I think if you're going to send the blitz, Scotty, I think you have to press a little bit. We haven't seen the Eagles do that a lot. And I know that's one of the uh, the techniques that Slay is really good at. Yeah. Um, so to be honest, I think Slay does a really good job on Mike Evans tonight. I was going to ask you who you think Slay is going up against. I think he's going to be on Mike Evans. And I think he does a really good job tonight. Here's what it come, Here's my keys to the game. I'm going to give you two when it comes to the defense. And it's matchups. It's Avante Maddox versus Chris Godwin. I think that's a bad matchup for the Eagles with yeah. Chris Godwin coming out of the slot. Yeah. Because I can already see Brady. You know what Brady's going to do. He's going to – he'll dink and dunk. You know, he'll take his three yards. He'll take his four yards. But on third and three, Boom. I think that's a bad matchup for the Eagles. Godwin is just a big, strong receiver. And as talented as, as Maddox is, you know, I don't think he can cover Godwin on third yeah. down. And the other matchup is, is A.B. versus Steven Nelson. I think that's another really tough matchup. Yeah, you know, for the Eagles. And that's kind of where I give the Buccaneers the edge because I just don't see the Eagles having the answers, you know, for those two guys in particular. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 with you. And, you know, my my thoughts coming in, uh, like I said, I was going to ask you who you thought uh, Slay would be going up against. I, w- I was going to say Mike Evans is a big play guy, but no, they, these guys are all big play guys, right. <laughs> especially A.B. I mean, A.B. coming into the game, that's who I was most afraid of. 
I'm just thinking about his crisp route running, um, his, his breakaway speed, um, the, the ability to just, you know, get open and, and take it 50 to 60 yards on any given play. Um, and Tom Brady is just slinging it this year. I mean, he's playing it at MVP level. Um, I believe he leads the league in passing yards. He's second in passing touchdowns with 15 touchdowns on the season. Um, he is playing without Gronk tonight, so that does help to an extent. Um, they still have Cameron Brait there, who's a, a pretty quality he's – he's a quality tight end, even behind Gronk. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Godwin, now that you mentioned Godwin, uh, thinking about him in the slot, and I think he's kind of forgotten in this offense at times. Um, when you're looking at the big play guys like Mike Evans and the, and the ABs of the world, Godwin is that killer in the slot, man. And yeah. you talk about crucial third down plays. That's that's what it's going to come down to tonight, right? Like this is it, it's going to come down to those plays where you have to get stops, you have to get your defense off the field. Are they going to be able to make those plays? Last week it took three interceptions and a, and a block punt, right? So we're not we're not going against uh, Sam Darnold this week. Uh, but we're not also not going against that same Carolina pass defense either. So that, that's a good thing. Um, yeah, man. I now that you said that, now that I'm really thinking about the logistics of the matchup, it is it is very worrisome. Um, I'm just thinking about A B versus uh versus Steven Nelson. And man, that that that's not good. Um the other thing I'm looking at, I, I mentioned uh just controlling the Bucks run game, but Leonard Fournette, uh you know, Jones, we, we can't afford to let these guys get off. Like that, that should be eliminated, right? Like we have to eliminate that. We can't lose to that. That's going to be demoralizing. Um, but it, you know, they're going to have to mix up the coverages, which is something that, you know, I wanted to ask you about, you know, Jonathan Gannon, have you been impressed with it? How, how do you feel about Jonathan Gannon so far this season? Oh man. Like hard to say, right? Yeah, I, it seems like the guys like playing for him. You know, it seems like the guys like playing for him. I, I do think he made an adjustment the last game against Carolina. Um, I think Fletcher Cox has said like the week or two before that he couldn't get in the rhythm, I guess, because he felt like he was being taken out of the game Yeah, too much. And Fletcher Cox came back and had a really good game last week. Again, I think it's been uneven. You know, with Gannon, um, he's coming from a defense where – he says he didn't have a scheme, but on that defense, he had a lot of playmakers. He had Darius Leonard. He had Kenny Moore. He had DeForest Buckner. Yeah. He had guys that can make plays on all three levels. And yeah. in Philadelphia, you know, our front line is decent, but our back seven, you know, needs a lot of work. So he doesn't have a ton to work with, but, um, you know, I'm willing to give him a mulligan so far over these, these first five games, but just because of that reason, I don't think he has a ton to work with. And I think he's doing the best with what he has. I do think that he needs to, be a little bit more aggressive, especially on third down. Yeah. To get other teams off the field. Like sometimes you just got to send that blitz, man. You got to sell out. And if you right. get beat, you get beat. But you can't sit back and let teams pick you apart on third down. That would be really my only criticism of him. But, you know, the Eagles just don't have the horses, you know, at the linebacker position. You know, they have one really good corner. They have one decent corner. And then the safety position is kind of like a question mark, too. Like, yeah. Like, you what know, does Rodney McLeod really look like coming off that injury? Right. Harris has been right. somewhat of a disappointment in a sense, but I also think that people were kind of overrating him coming into the season as well. Yeah, you, there's an old saying, man, you can't get blood from a stone, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't. You can only take them but so far. And, you know, I do think he has to do a better job at getting teams off the field on third down. But yeah, at the same time, I think he, he needs more talent on that back end. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. And that's that's simply, you know, it's kind of what I was getting at earlier with the draft compensation going into next season. You have to invest in some talent on that defense. And and I get we got salary cap, sure we can go out and get a few free agents, but you have to invest in some youthful defensive talent. And you saw the Cowboys go completely all in on defense um in that that most recent draft this past offseason and it's paying off for them. You you look at Mika Parsons who's making plays all over the field. Um, they got they picked up guys at all all different levels of the defense as well. So um, definitely definitely time to start investing on that side of the ball. Um, the next thing I wanted to get into uh, before we get to the predictions because we definitely want to get out of here in a, in a couple minutes. Um, Sirianni versus Bruce Arians. It's kind of what I talked about earlier. Sirianni simply if if the Eagles want to have a chance tonight, Sirianni cannot get coached under the table like he has been in, in previous games. Um, we mentioned it earlier. You got to balance out the offense. Um, the other thing that I would say is he's got to take the training wheels off Jalen Hurts, right? What if that's what the RPO offense is? If that's the training wheels, if that's the, you know, trying to protect Jalen Hurts' confidence, we got to take that off tonight. You know, let him loose in primetime football, Thursday night football against the Buccaneers. You are at home in the link. Let him loose. Let him play his style of game. Let him play football. We saw it last week. He's more comfortable playing quarterback, right? Like not this RPO dump off guy. He likes going down the field, getting those, you know, intermediate, hitting those intermediate routes, uh, which is something that we just need to let him loose with. Let him get him out of the pocket. Let him throw on the run. That's fine. But just about keeping the the offense balanced. um, I want to see us get the ball in our playmakers hands, obviously. Um, Before I get you out of here, Vance prediction for tonight um, I'll, do you want to go first? I can go first if you like. It's whatever you want to do here, my man. So I'll, I'll go. So I think the key to tonight, you know, offense, Scotty, before I get my prediction, yeah, it's getting vertical. It's getting vertical. This team has given up 314 passing yards per game, which is the worst in the league. They've missed 152 tackles, which is worse in the league. So get the ball downfield to your playmakers. Um, you know, get game, get game well in the flat. You know, get Ertz underneath. Um, but you got to get vertical tonight. This team is, yeah. I mean, the yards and the touchdowns are there to be had against this Buccaneers team. Um, and I think the Eagles will do that tonight. I think they'll come out flying. That being said, in a shootout against Tom Brady, man, I just don't think, I think where the Eagles are right now, this is a learning experience for the coach, for the quarterback, and they just don't have the horses, um, quite honestly. So I think the Eagles play well tonight. Um, I think they scored 27 points. I think the Bucks scored 33 points. Um, the Eagles, for if you're better, the Eagles cover the spread, but <laughs> Eagles lose the game. You know, that's, that's my prediction. But I think they have a good showing tonight. In a game like this, let's think big picture, folks. The Eagles are not supposed to win this game, right? Yeah. Remember where the Eagles are in the process right now. They're not supposed to win this game. So sit back and enjoy it, I would say. Yeah. No, and, and I'm with you. Um, I'm I'm kind of in the same mindset, you know, while there is so many signs that kind of say the Eagles have a chance in this game, you you look at the the bad pass defense for the Bucks, you look at the injuries for the Bucks. Uh, you know, Tom Brady had a hand injury, but he still threw for <laughs> 400 yards and like five touchdowns last weekend. Um, you are at home. It is a short week. The Eagles have won six straight on Thursday night football. Take all of that with a grain of salt. This, it, these are the defending world champions that we're talking about. This is Tom Brady that we're talking about against a first-year head coach. 
first year defensive coordinator, first year offensive coordinator, first year co- starting quarterback. There's so many firsts going on here that we need to slow down. Um, I know, you know, even against the Chiefs, it's like 42 points against the Chiefs. I get it. That's not ideal, but it is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that is Andy Reid, an Andy Reid coach team. You look back at the Cowboys, you gave up 41 points. Look at what their offense is doing. They just dropped 44 on the Giants. So, you know, it, it's not like we were some outlier in the, in those games. Um, take it with a grain of salt. I'm with you. I got the Bucks 33-25. So I'm, I got the Eagles two points under what you add them. Um, so I don't think they're covering the spread. What's the spread? Eight? Spread is – I think it, it was it was six and a half. Now it's back up to seven. Seven. Okay, so it's sitting at seven. So, yeah, I don't got – I've got them just missing the cover there. Um, so <laughs> – uh, yeah, I got the Bucks with the W this Thursday, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we don't take positives from this game. Doesn't mean that this can't be an eye-opening performance for Jalen Hurts in this offense, for Jalen Hurts and this Eagles team. Um, all I'm looking for is growth and development every week. I'm not necessarily looking at the wins and loss columns. Obviously, I like to see my team win, but I'm looking for growth and development after I got out of those first three weeks of just kind of up and down, you know what I mean? Um, I let go of, you know, kind of that irrationality that I was showing. And, uh, you know, I, I understand what this season is. I understand what's going on here. And um, just just enjoy it. Like you said, Vance, just enjoy the game. Thursday night football, prime football. Um, the Eagles are at home. Hopefully we get some exciting plays against a bad pass defense. And we'll take it from there, man. Uh, but, Vance, definitely a pleasure having you on my show tonight. Um, you're always welcome on DSM Media. You're always welcome to Turf Talk, Scotty Talks NBA. Um, with that being said, I did. I know we missed out on the gambling segment, the fantasy segment, uh, just due to time constraints. Oh, good. Any anytime touchdown tonight? Any particular guys you got in mind? Anytime touchdown. I'm going to go Mike Evans. I'm Mike Evans. Mike Evans. I think. I don't think he has a particularly big game, but I think in the red zone he's a threat. Chris Godwin has actually out targeted him in the red zone. Yeah, I think by two targets, but. Mike Evans has four touchdowns on his on the season for a reason. He's the guy that Brady goes to. Him and Gronk. He's a big guy in the too. red zone. So I'm going to go Mike Evans if I had to go one one player. Gotcha, gotcha. And so for me tonight, I did go. Um, I, I went Leonard Fournette against that Eagles rush defense. Part of me does feel like the the Buccaneers will run the ball against us, even though I know that's not what I want. Um, just to keep us balanced, just to keep you know Tom Brady on his feet there, and to keep our defense honest. They, they, they're not dumb. Um, they've got a very good coach over there in Bruce Arians. But uh, once again, guys, make sure you are following Vance on Twitter at crew underscore love zero. Make sure um, if you were commenting along tonight, we definitely appreciate you. If you enjoyed uh, Vance's content on my show tonight, definitely swing over to Heat Ratio Sports. They got great stuff going on over there as well. So shout out to them. But make sure you subscribe to them on YouTube. Check out Vance's content. Uh, and, and just keep up. We'll, we will keep you covered across the board. Um, as for myself, obviously, this is Turf Talk. This is presented by DSM Media. Make sure you are subscribed to DSM Media on YouTube, um, as well as following us on Twitter at DSM underscore media. In the Twitter page, that's where you'll find the link tree to all of our social media platforms, all of our podcast platforms. And from there, you can just click away, right? Subscribe, subscribe, follow, follow. Um, make sure you check it out. We do got some merch up. As I mentioned before the show, uh, at the beginning of the show, I should say, Lane Johnson raffle. If you go over to YouTube, subscribe to the DSM Media uh, channel, you will be entered into that raffle. 
Um, I also got a Joel and B jersey raffle coming up for Scotty Talks NBA for subscribing to the YouTube channel. So you can kind of get ahead of the wave if you go ahead and do it now. Um, with that being said, uh, make sure to use the DSM code at manscaped.com for 20% off of free shipping. That is all I got for you tonight, guys. Go birds. Yes, sir. Wish them well. Take it with a grain of salt. And don't get too worked up, Eagles fans. I saw we had an Eagles fan that went to the hospital last week. So oh God. Definitely yeah. take that serious, man. Don't don't do it to yourself. It's just football. These guys get paid. You don't. They get paid millions of dollars. Relax. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, my man. That's it. Got it, my man. Guys. Appreciate you.